today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk about uh, gaming uh, and betting and uh, and gambling, which I know was a, a taboo subject a number of years ago. It's something that uh, governments, to a certain extent anyway, have embraced a lot more in recent years. Uh, the Ontario government being one of the more recent ones right now because uh, of of their move uh, to try to bring internet gambling, online gambling, uh, into the fold. It has, uh, before this, of course, been illegal here, although that didn't seem to stop people uh, from partaking in this. And initially, I think there was a great deal of enthusiasm, especially on the part of the government, to say, well, this is going to be just a cash cow for them. They're going to make tons of money now that they've brought this in and, and made it legal. Well, uh, there's a new report out right now that indicates that, uh, yeah, there's revenue there, to be sure. Uh, but one indicator here says that uh, this whole idea of bringing online gambling into Ontario could actually uh, cause the government to lose about $2.8 billion over five years and possibly a number of job losses as well. So is it the uh, the golden goose that a lot of people seem to think it is? I want to bring uh, Moshe Lander into the conversation. Moshe, of course, is a senior economist lecturer at Concordia University. Uh, pleasure to have you back in the program, Moshe. Hope you're doing well these days. Always great to be on. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. I, I know we can get into the to, to the morality, I guess, of gambling. Uh, uh, whether you're for it or against it, the fact of the matter is, it's it's here to stay. It's uh, it's a part of our society right now. Uh, are, are governments uh, inclined right now to simply accept that reality and simply say, let's bring it in here and let's uh, see if we can make some money from it? Absolutely. I, I think there's two factors at play. One is they need revenue sources, especially uh, with all of the money they've been spending over the last two years on the pandemic. So uh, any sort of revenue source is going to be extremely helpful in trying to close budget gaps. But the other reason is that society has changed. And you know, you said we can discuss the morality, but I think that the reality is that uh, gambling is a lot more common. It's a lot more acceptable. A lot more people are doing it. And in fact, it's now invaded the way that we see our sports analysis. And, you know, you see the crawl across the bottom of a sports network and they have over under and, uh, you know, point spreads and things like that. And it's, it's just commonly talked about. So why make something illegal when society just seems to have accepted that this is okay? Well, and maybe the best example of that is, as you, as you say, is sports betting. Uh, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember, and I think you are too, that uh, that there was a time not that long ago when professional sports, especially, uh, pretended that Las Vegas didn't even exist. Uh, there's no such thing as gaming, and nobody bets on the National Football League or, or Major League Baseball. It just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, and there was no way they were ever going to have a professional sports franchise in Vegas for that reason, because while well, you're going to be tied to the gambling and with and the nefarious ideas, uh, they embrace it now. I mean, well, we just saw the Raiders playing out of there, but I mean, it, uh, you know, the National Hockey League has moved in there right now. The NFL has moved in there right now. Uh, and, you know, that's it's not the den of inequity that a lot of people seem to characterize it as in not too recent past. No, and I, I think the reason why they wanted to steer clear of Vegas before was the concern of match fixing. And and so, you know, there were scandals that were probably before your time and certainly before my time, uh, you know, with Alex Karras and Paul Horning that yeah. were suspended over gambling in the NFL. And of course, Pete Rose is the classic case of you don't bet on baseball because these are the consequences. It's not that they've now accepted the idea that athletes can gamble. It's that Vegas has now moved so far advanced into their modeling and to catch these micro bets that look suspicious that the idea that somehow you could throw a match seems almost inconceivable. Even the Tim Donaghy scandal about 10 decades ago where an NBA ref was thought to be somehow taking you know bets on the side or was somehow trying to match fix, they caught it. And so the fact is that once you kind of realize that you can somewhat keep the match fixing separate from the gambling bed, 
then hey, why not gamble? And so where you said, you know, they moved into the NFL and the NHL into Vegas, I'll go one step further and say within the next decade, one of the NBA expansion teams is going to be there, as will a Major League Baseball team. Yeah, I can you can count on that. Well, the the Blue Jays, of course, had a minor league affiliate in Vegas for a couple of years uh, before they moved it over to Buffalo. So it's I guess that's already started. And I, we can go back. I mean, there's the Black Sox scandal and, and Shoeless Joe and a whole bunch of other things that went on there too. But the the undercurrent for a lot of that motion at the time was well, it's it's around by organized crime. It's 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 you know the dark side. We just can't go there. Is that mindset still out there, or has gambling cleaned up its act, so to speak? I think it's cleaned up its act, and I think that Vegas does a much better job about making sure that we don't have to worry about the wise guys and the rule within professional sports. If you can imagine that if Vegas is extremely good at setting the line or setting the over-under, whatever it is that they want to provide gambling opportunities on, if they can approximately get about 50% of the money on either side, then they don't care who wins the game. And there's no reason then that they have to try and go about trying to, you know, break a kneecap or do anything to throw a match because they're going to be able to go to sleep at night knowing full well that the losing side is going to have to pay that 10% vigorous to cover their bets. And so it doesn't matter then who wins or who loses. So because the modeling has advanced so far and because that ability to see weird bets that are placed prior to a game would suggest something's up, the fact is that Vegas really has cleaned up the rack, even though it might not be, you know, Disney and, and the, the family sort of fun that sometimes they try to portray. The fact is that they're not nearly as engaged in the minutiae of game-to-game gambling uh, because they know how to model to make money no matter what. Is that because Vegas has grown up? I mean, you know, we all know the stories. Well, fictional, of course, the Don Corleone family, or, or in reality, Arnold Rothstein and others. That, uh, that, that. But those were the the early days of Vegas when maybe you know, had to kind of lean on the scale a little bit to make a few bucks. Uh, but is is the enormity of the of the money that's on the table right now so great right now that it doesn't, as you mentioned, doesn't matter who wins because everybody's going to get 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 well from this. I, I think it's a matter of being just more effective at setting that line. It, it's having. Uh, thousands and thousands of data points that allow them to model in a much more accurate sort of way. And so if you go take a look uh, at, at, say, financial markets, one of the great ideas of financial markets is that they are efficient, right? That as soon as information comes out into the public domain, stock prices move instantaneously to reflect that new information. Bond markets are extremely efficient as well. Turns out that gambling markets are nothing more than kind of a weird form of financial market. And as soon as information comes in that this player is scratched from the game, you immediately see that Vegas starts updating their lines. And one of the things that they've done is they've taken a lot of the emotion out as well. And that's partly how they're able to make money. We bet based on what our heart tells us, Vegas sets line based on what their brain tells us. And so it's interesting to see that certain scratches from a particular game might have no impact on the line because Vegas is taking the approach of they're irrelevant to the game. They're really not a factor. And we as sports bettors sometimes get caught up in the emotional aspect of that player's on my fantasy league, or I like that player, or that player must be so important, it's going to have some effect. And that's when Vegas can profit from information that we're just not incorporating well. And so it's kind of showing that they actually are pretty efficient in the way that they go about setting their lines. So let's let's talk about government's role in this, and, and because they're the ones that want to regulate this. And I know here in Ontario, I mean, for instance, we're just recently now getting into single events betting. I mean, you had to use ProLine before that. If you wanted to bet NFL, for instance, you had to bet pretty much the whole slate, or a, a lot of them anyway, uh, or you just couldn't qualify. But everything is, I mean, especially, I guess, because of COVID, everything is online these days. 
Uh, online betting is not new, uh, and it's it's been going on for years and years and years. Uh, the report I saw the uh, the other day indicated that Ontarians spend about five hundred million dollars a year on internet gambling, but most of that goes well at other places because it wasn't legal here in Ontario. So we're doing it, even if the government won't allow us to do it. Yeah, and that's why that report that you were citing at the outset is is a little bit questionable because it, it's assuming that there's some sort of dollar to dollar substitution effect between gambling in a casino on say roulette wheels and gambling on NFL games. The fact is that a lot of that stuff that was going uh, offshore is now going to come onshore, and so that means it's going to be out in the open. It's going to be subject to taxes, and it's also kind of acknowledging the fact that people who go to casino to play poker and and to play blackjack. They're not necessarily the same person who's betting on this coming weekend's Bills game. So uh, the idea that somehow this is going to cost, uh, you know, land-based casinos, I'm not entirely sure that that's accurate. Yeah, we uh, did reach out actually to uh, Great Canadian Gaming, one of the agencies involved in this. Uh, uh, they, they didn't want to come on the program, but they did issue a statement to us uh, saying they've read this report and they said they have some concerns, I think is the way they, they phrased it. Uh, they, this report that, that you reference here says that uh, almost 2,600 jobs are going to be lost and $3 billion less in revenue is going to be generated for the province, $191 million less for municipalities hosting these facilities. Uh, but that tends to fly in the face of, of what you just mentioned that, that I've heard from other people in the industry, uh, that if you like to go to casinos, you're still going to go to casinos. I mean, you know, there's there's a, a sporting element to it. It's, it's, you know, not my thing, but I mean, I know a lot of people that do it and, and they just, they get some enjoyment out of it. You know, the, the, whether it's, as you say, playing blackjack or whatever the case might be. Uh, are people going to say, well, hell, I'm not going anymore. I'm going to do it all online. I'm, 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 I'm skeptical about that. Yeah. And I think once we get past COVID or once we kind of figure out how we're going to live with it on an ongoing basis, the fact is that people are going to want to return to actual casinos. Even if you have a sports book available, fine, you can place a bet from your couch. Uh, but there's a certain level of excitement that uh, I'm, I'm not a gambler either, but uh, I've been through casinos in Vegas and you can really get caught up in that excitement when you see hundreds of other people sitting watching the same set of screens that you are. And so the idea that somehow if you make this online gambling accessible, that people are just going to stay on their couch and they're never going to go out. It's it's kind of some sort of real uh, dystopian sort of world that I don't think is, is the way that we want to live. We've been forced to live that way for the last couple of years for COVID. Uh, but I think that once we get past this, no, people are social people and they want to enjoy that experience of being able to jump up and cheer and high five. Same way that you like it in an arena, you're going to love it in a casino too. So I, I just, I, I don't see that one is going to cannibalize the other. Uh, you're right. I mean, it's like, yeah, as you mentioned, you want to go to a, a live hockey game or football game. It's different than watching it on TV. Uh, and and going to, to a, a casino like that, as I say, even though I, I, I think I've only done it a handful of times in my life. Uh, and by the way, when you're in Vegas, you can't help but go to the casino because after you check in at the hotel, you've got to walk through the casino to get to the elevators, which I'm sure is just coincidence. Uh, but it, it, it can be a little enrapturing, can't it? I mean, you see all these screens and the sun going on and uh, you know, we, I remember going to Caesars one time because that's the hotel that we were in which we were staying. And it's like, look at the NORAD headquarters. As you mentioned, there's about 500 TV screens with different things going on. And it, you stop and look at it, even if you're not interested, just because of, of what you're seeing there. And and the, the Vista, it's, it's, it's remarkable, really. And I can see how people could be attracted to that initially. Yeah. And, and I think that's exactly what, you know, Ontario or any other place that's legalizing it needs to consider then. It's that if you're going to have... Uh, the presence of the ability to have single game gambling and things like that, then you need to provide the full stop 
uh, service for your clientele then. So fine, you want to be able to do it on an app, do it on an app. But there's going to be people that are going to want to have destination vacations where they want to go experience the sports book or they want to experience that ability to gamble with other people who are having the same sort of experience. It's one of those few things that's kind of left in life where live, not pre-recorded, uh, continues to carry the day. And sports are never going to be one of those things that go back to pre-recorded after the late news. And so this is an opportunity then that you just can't experience it by delaying it. If the game's on Sunday, I want to be around people. And if I can't get into the stadium, maybe I want to go to a sports book. And so you know, Niagara Falls is going to have to consider then how they provide casino space then for this. And again, it's not going to cannibalize the people that are sitting at the slot machines. They're generally not the same people. And even if they are, I think that their budget is currently being allocated in a way where some of it's going to the slots and some of it's going offshore. That stuff that comes onshore then just makes money for the government. I, I just I just don't see how they're going to lose on this. Yeah, because the report essentially says that you know once this comes online, and it's going to happen sooner than later, sometime this year anyway, uh, it's going to cut into the, as you say, the physical casinos itself. Uh, the government had, had, was quite open about this and said, no, we want to cut into that $500 million that's going offshore. Uh, we want some of that money to come back in. That seems to me the more likely circumstance as opposed to uh, people saying, I'm not going to go to the casino anymore. Simply say, I can bet here right now. And if, and if you're wagering on a, on a game or if you're doing online you know, poker or whatever, uh, you don't much care if money goes to the government or not. I mean, it's going someplace anyway. Absolutely. And you could even imagine that jobs could be created from this. If all of a sudden people decide that they want to go experience the sport book in person rather than just betting on their app, then this leads to job creation. Casinos are going to expand their physical space, which means they need more people. If you start connecting the idea of hotels, like you were saying, you know, you go to Caesars and you check in at the hotel and you got to walk right through that casino, you can create that same experience. Fine. It might not be as expansive as Vegas is, but you could certainly imagine that cities in Ontario or anywhere in Canada are going to say, all right, how do we build this sort of environment then? And next thing you know, you're talking about hotel jobs and all of the jobs that come with the hotel as well as the casino itself. So it, it actually could be not just the moneymaker for the government, but actually an economic engine for those cities that want to imagine themselves as the next little Vegas. Well, I guess uh, the takeaway here is that just uh, going to this with eyes wide open, I know in Pickering, of course, just east of Toronto, uh, the GTA, they're uh, going to be opening a, a casino again pretty soon. And there was some concern about this too, but the mayor there simply says, well, I don't think that's going to happen either. So uh, we'll, we'll see this as this rolls out. Uh, and it's a reality. So, and the government certainly is looking at, uh, as, as you mentioned, Moshe, the the increased revenue right now. I mean, because of all the money they spent on COVID, uh, they're going to try nickels and dimes under seat cushions and everything else. And if they can get a casino income out of this, I guess all the better for them. Uh, always great to get your perspective on this. Thanks a lot for the, the time today, Moshe. Anytime. Talk soon. You betcha. Moshe Landu, of course, economics lecturer at uh, Concordia University in Montreal. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.